What's up, guys? Welcome to the Coach Fitz Podcast, where we simplify exercise and nutrition so that the average person can look and feel incredible. I'm your host, Brian Fitzsimmons. Let's get it started. Welcome. All right, it's five o'clock. Let's get this started. Um, hopefully, I'll remember to talk into the microphone. Um, whoever's going to be listening to this later on audio, I apologize ahead of time if the mic starts moving and you catch my voice in different ways. <laughs> but here we go. All right. So this week, we're going to be talking about all about how to get rid of pain. Now, before I get started on this topic, let me start by saying I am not a doctor. And if you are in really serious pain, and it just hasn't gone away for weeks, months, go and see your doctor. Stop using this as like some like second rate, like tips and advice that you think are going to solve it. I'm not here for that. If you got little things that are bugging you, this could help. But if it's serious pain, see a doctor and then a physical therapist. But anyway, here we go. So in my time as a trainer for six years, I had the opportunity to work with hundreds of different people who would come in with tons of different problems. And I'm going to be talking about the ones that luckily we were able to keep them out of pain, like slight adjustment and the, like not a manual adjustment, but an adjustment in form. And it seemed to help things and didn't really have any problems after that point. So this is what the entire episode is going to be geared around. So the easiest way I can do this is because pain is multifactorial. There's a million things that go into it. It could be neurological, it could be mechanical, it could be a million different things. But I'm going to start by parts of the body. So we're gonna work our way from the head down. Now, first things first, if the pain is neurological, can't I can't really do anything about that. <laughs> Again, that's a doctor, um, possibly a psychologist. <laughs> um, but let's go to the neck. The neck, when there were a lot of people with neck pain, this was a very, very tricky area. And one that a lot of times, like when I uh, picked the brains of like chiropractors and um, the physical therapists that we had on staff, they're like, this is a tricky spot. You don't want to do anything. Don't really want to mess with it. Just do things that do not hurt. So a couple of things that would set off the neck pain were overhead movement. So like for those of you watching on video, pressing up and down, usually with bad form, usually instead of the shoulder rotating back like it should, it just shrugged up. And then that tension in the trap led to the neck. And then all of a sudden they get tension headaches and it's like, ah, hurts like hell, not fun. So avoiding overhead movements. And then if you're working on the shoulders, like you're doing raises and stuff, if you do feel pain in the neck, because a lot of times when we do certain exercises, like when we strain our head, juts forward. It really just gets in a weird, bad position that puts a lot of strain on the muscles that support your head. So those can also like direct shoulder work in general can potentially piss your neck off. And that goes for any movement really when you have bad posture with your head. So let's say you're doing rowing, pressing anything with the arms and you're doing that forward movement where your chin is pushing forward, it, that can set off. Like if you're predisposed to neck pain, that can definitely possibly set it off. Um, yeah, so that's a big one is packing the chin back and trying to practice like keeping like a double or a triple chin while you're doing certain things like pressing and pulling and planks and all that good stuff. Hey, we're not meant to look good in the gym. 
okay, if you're, if you're lifting fat and happy more times than not, you're going to feel pretty good. Like push the belly out, get that double chin going. This isn't glamorous. This is working out. <laughs> okay. If you don't want to be around other people, do it at home, but just do it right. Um, all right. Now that we got the neck down, I think that pretty much covers anything that we really came across. Yeah. Um, onto the shoulders. <laughs> okay. For the shoulders, a lot of it stemmed from the neck. Okay, a lot of times when you have shoulder or elbow pain, it can possibly be related to the neck. Like again, like that tension or previous injury or something like that. So if you have this elbow shoulder pain that you're going to the chiro or the physical therapist and they're just massaging, massaging, or like giving you exercises and nothing is helping, could be worth going to the doctor and getting your neck checked out. Um, but some things that we did that um, seem to help we're cleaning up form on again those pressing and pulling movements so a lot of times like we'll, we went over um, on the rowing movement this week for the form tip how when you pull your arm in your shoulders start shrugging and you kind of cave in a little bit with the chest okay, that is not supposed to happen when you're pulling and when those muscles get worked in a way that it shouldn't be at the same time so you're throwing a lot of weight on top of dysfunction that can cause issues. Yeah, that's a lot. That's the source of a lot of what we've been talking about is not only doing a dysfunctional pattern, but doing it with a lot of weight because weight just magnifies the effect, whether that be good or bad. Um, so, yeah. Um, so when you're doing benching, like when instead of like puffing your chest up to tap the bar, some people cave in and their head pops up off the bench. And then that like little bit of compensation over and over and over again can really beat up the shoulders over time. Um, another thing can be over tucking your elbow to the point where your elbow is touching your body because if you don't stop it at a certain point, that shoulder is going to dip forward. It's going to round over and doing that over and over and over again is a position, a movement that can piss off the shoulder and really cause a lot of problems. Um, think anything else left on the shoulders no it's pretty much a lot of that and a lot of uh not using the traps correctly more specifically the lower traps but for stuff like that you really need to be with somebody hands-on there's not a whole lot i can say on the podcast that's going to do a lot of a lot of good and help out a lot it really comes down to working with somebody that knows what they're talking about and like in some cases they literally have to like poke you or like scratch like literally scratch your back or something like and get those muscles working because those muscles in the back are a lot harder to connect to because we don't see them we don't make that visual connection so it's one more barrier to us using the muscles that we should be using um yeah, so if you've ever done like pulling movements, like overhead pulling or rowing or any of that, and you don't feel it in your back, that could be a sign that you probably have to get your form checked. And if there's pain on top of that, then it's like there might might benefit from getting that form checked. Um, sorry for everybody on the podcast. I feel like as I keep going, the mic gets closer. It's like Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> um, so hopefully the yeti mic will catch that um make sure i have it okay yeah <laughs> um 
All right, so that is it for the shoulders. Now let's work our way down. Um, I'm gonna talk about the hips because the shoulders and the hips both play a role when it comes to lower back pain. Um, so don't worry, I, I'm not missing out on the lower back. <laughs> That's a big, big thing. Um, when it comes to the hips, more times than not, like there's a lot of tension built up, like there's a lot of um, pain that can be caused from excessive sitting, driving, being in that position where your knees are up, Okay, that just your body gets very comfortable in that position and to protect it, it's going to tighten up certain muscles to make that position a little bit more comfortable. Now, just because your body's adapting to something doesn't mean that it's not going to hurt or that it's like the right thing to happen. So when you sit down a lot as a compensation, as like an adaptation to that movement, your body's going to stiffen up that the hips. Um, so one thing you can do to help a lot with that is walk, <laughs> get up and move. Don't get glued to your seat. Don't adjust, 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 and still stay in your seat. That's a sign to get your ass up and move if you can. Um, what else did I put on here? Oh, another thing that happened with the hips that caused uh, some issues was bad form, Most, more specifically on um, squats or deadlifts. And it really came down to torso position. So the one that kept popping up was um, in the hip flexor area. For those of you that know, it's like right at the top of your thigh, like where it meets your torso, right the hip. <laughs> um, there was like a pinching sensation and it happened a lot with, um, for some reason, it was like all the high school athletes, not, not all the high school athletes, the ones that had the pain tended to be high school athletes or um, like fresh out of college. Um, and I, again, it gets back to that sitting position, but on top of that, adding a lot of weight to bad form. So we have that weight on top of dysfunctional movement. So what happened was a lot of times that you would see these people doing like barbell back squat or something like that. And their back would be arched, like not rounded, like sh shrugged. Imagine the opposite of that. Like you're trying to puff your chest out way too much to the point where your hips are anteriorly rotated down. So imagine like your hips are a plate, the front of the plate tips down. When you do that, that really opens up the abs and it stretches them out. And because they're stretched out, it makes it that much harder to contract them. So they're not really helping out a whole lot. And then the lower back kicks in and then that puts a ton of pressure on the hip flexors and the psoas and it's just not a good situation. Okay? It's a lot of compensation going on all at once and it's not fun does not feel good. So one thing that helped was well, two things, really. The one thing is consciously fixing the torso. So going with a little bit more of a shrugged position to the point where you could actually feel the abs working, feel them squeezing and keeping that all the way down, all the way up, instead of doing like the stereotypical like butt wink that we've seen all over the internet. Um, another thing is elevating the heels because when you elevate the heels, it actually makes it easier to maintain that torso position because just by standing in an upright position and not having to worry about your um the mobility in your ankles okay that's one less thing to worry about and it makes it a lot easier to do the squat as it's intended and if you want a third thing to add on to that you could try changing up the variation of the squat because honestly i'm not a big fan of the barbell back squat i mean and this is coming from somebody like i have had 
450 pounds on my back and I got really good at it, but I still don't like it. Like that was never fun. <laughs> okay. The barbell back squat is not like an essential. You don't need to do it. So going with like a front squat, or if you're not quite there yet, like you shouldn't even be touching the barbell unless you can goblet squat the heaviest dumbbell that you have access to. So goblet squat, goblet squat, goblet squat. And then if you don't want to go to the barbell, do a single arm, a single arm squat or a tempo, really slow squat, like an eccentric squat or a pulse squat, pause squat. There's a million different variations you can do that are going to be very helpful. Um, and it's funny that Deb just joined in. She knows all about the goblet squats, don't you, Deb? <laughs> we've done plenty, plenty of those. Um, all right. So now that we've covered the hips and the shoulders, we'll go into the low back. Low back is just a combination of all that stuff. <laughs> it's a lot of more times than not, it's just a postural thing, like a lot of sitting, not enough walking, not enough breaks from the sitting. Um, the, uh, sometimes it could be a weak core. So like upping the amount of planks you do, correct planks, not the type of planks where you feel like your belly button's about to hit the floor. Like try and do the opposite of that. When you do your planks, um, try and do the opposite of like what you want to do. So like you see a lot of people set up on their elbows, their legs are straight, but their belly is like pushed towards the ground. Try and get your belly as far away from the ground as you can and try and even round your back. It's not the end of the world and it's gonna be really freaking hard. <laughs> and doing stuff like that can help or doing like a bear crawl hold, same concept. So instead of straight legs, you go hands and knees, pick those knees up like an inch off the ground and hold it and do your best to not let that belly go towards the ground, push it up and back. Like you're trying to get the lower, your lower back towards the sky um, without your butt going up. That's the hard part is really like, if you've ever done like a cat camel, like a back and forth, like trying to do the cat really hard, very hard. Um, yeah, I think that along with some, with a uh, stretching can go a long way for a lot of these issues that I'm going to be talking about. Like two of my absolute favorite stretches are world's greatest, which is like the runner's stretch where you're in a push up position, you bring one knee forward and then you twist one hand up as high as you can bring the elbow down to the ground. And you just keep doing that. Cause then you get T-spine rotation, you stretch out the hips and you get a little bit of core work in there too, just to maintain that position. So good stuff going on there. Another one is the half kneel stretch or the rec fem stretch or hip flexor, hip, hip flexor static stretch. I've seen it named a million different things <laughs> and they all do the same thing. Get on a knee, get as tall as you can and push your knee into the ground. Do not, do not push your hips forward because it's about getting out of that anterior tilt that we just talked about before. So imagine your hips have a plate going right through them and the front of the plate, like the front of your body, the part of that plate closest to the belly button tips forward. When you push your hips forward, it's still stuck in that tilt. When you push your knee down, it reduces that tilt and gets you closer to neutral to the point where you're like almost slouching. But in this case, a slouch is a good thing because we're focused on the hips, not the shoulders. The hip stretch is more focused on the hips. So let it be that. Um, all right, now onto the knees. The knees, um, more times than not, were like an overuse thing, like too much tennis or golf or whatever. Like if you're over the age of 40, I'm sorry, you shouldn't be doing two, three, four hours of sports that high schoolers can't even handle. It just doesn't make sense. Um, so yeah, 
um, doing stuff like that. Or another thing could be like weak glutes. And now this would lead to caving of the knees where the knees kind of come together when you do things like squats or if you're doing like single leg exercises, the knee would cave in. That stuff doesn't feel good after a while. Um, yeah. And then just general tightness, like, um, like that patellar region, like could be again from the sitting, like it, it all comes back to sitting. Um, so get up and walk for the fifth time so far, I think, um, get up and walk. Um, yeah. And when it comes to building the glutes, do not be one of those people that does mini bands. Like you throw around the mini, the mini band around your knee and you just do that and clamshells and all that stuff. Listen, I've given them out. I've seen people do them for hundreds and thousands of reps and nothing got better. But what you can do is do exercises that actually work your glute maximally that you can handle. So doing versions of like a Bulgarian split squat or just a regular split squat in general, it doesn't have to be with your uh, back foot raised. It can even be with your front foot raised if you want it to be a little bit easier. Um, another thing you could do is hip thrusts, single or double leg, Romanian deadlifts, and being conscious about the knees not caving in because you fighting that um, caving in motion is gonna be doing what the mini band does. Like when you push it get out into the mini band, that's you pushing your knees out intentionally because it's giving you something to push out on. If you can do that voluntarily, you don't need a mini band. So congrats, it just saved you 10 bucks. <laughs> um, and the other thing that comes uh, with the knees out is your feet, okay? That's the last thing since we went all the way from the head down, now we're down to the feet. When it comes to the feet, the big thing to focus on when you're doing lower body exercises is maintaining the arch. Like, and this is assuming that you don't have any anatomical issues. Like you weren't born with messed up feet. I have worked with people like that have had that going on. They can't really do much about that. Um, this is also assuming that you're not currently trying to treat like some plantar fasciitis or something like that. Again, this is all PT stuff. Like that, not my area, <laughs> physical therapist, not personal trainer. Um, so assuming that your feet are good to go, there's no issues. Like you can walk around like a normal person. You just like want to perfect your form or keep those knees healthy. Focus on maintaining a healthy arch. Now, what I mean by that is like, we don't want our feet complete. Like you've seen, you've heard people say it, like smash the arch or like flatten out your foot. And it's like, I get where it comes from, but we don't want that. We want a little bit of space, like right in that like middle of your foot, there should be a little separation between your foot and the floor and the outside of your foot is what's maintaining contact. It's what we call the tripod foot. So the big toe, the pinky toe and the heel as a triangle are all equally pressing down into the ground. When you can do that and you get that arch, that almost more times than not, 99.999% of the time I ever tried it, it put people in perfect position. So it really comes down to starting with the feet. Okay, so if you're at home, <clears throat> sorry about that. If you're at home, try working out barefoot. Or if your gym allows it, try working out barefoot. Or if you're at a gym that requires sneakers, go with the one that has the least amount of cushion available. Now, this is just for working out. If you're walking around and stuff, probably better to have some cushion. Um, <clears throat> this is what happens when I do this outside. The allergies are getting me. <clears throat> oh, geez. All right. I'll edit that out. Um, yeah. So 
try and get good at being barefoot. And that way, when you're in a shoe, you can actively focus on keeping that arch. So if you're at home cooking or something, try and get that separation between the inside of your foot, the middle inside of your foot and the floor and focus on it. Your feet might cramp up a little bit the first time doing it and it's really tough, but it's worth trying. And then if you want to take it a step further, you can look into like Dr. Andrea Spina's work with um, oh, FRC, functional range um, certification training something and he really goes into the nitty-gritty of like the big toe and like the functionality of the big toe and how you should be able to independently move it up and down and like how that's good for certain things when it comes to the foot um i've done those exercises they're not easy and it's like it messes with your brain and it's a whole lot of fun so give it a try <laughs> so yeah that's pretty much all i have to say about feet um i covered all the stretches i wanted to and i think that's pretty much it <laughs> All right, um, and only 20 minutes. Wow, I thought that was gonna be a little bit longer, but we're all done with that. Um, hope you guys got a little bit out of this. Um, hopefully, if you guys have the issues in those certain areas, these tips can help you out and hopefully reduce any pain. Again, if you try these out, if you still have pain, if you've had pain for a while and just keep putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, it's never gonna get any better. Go see somebody who knows what they're doing see a doctor, see a physical therapist, somebody to help you fix it because that pain only builds up and wears on your body. So that being said, I hope you guys have an amazing rest of the week. I'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed it, be sure to leave a five-star review. If you know somebody that can benefit from this information, be sure to share it with them. And if you want to catch all the upcoming episodes, make sure that you go ahead and subscribe. I'll see you guys next time.